This is a Quite the Thing media production of Quite the Music, distributed as part of Quite the Music collab. Welcome back to the latest episode here of Quite the Music. I am always, I'm your host, Gary Morris, and on this month's episode, we are looking back at the 20 years since the original series of Pop Idol. Now, given the very recent sad news about the death of one of its most famous contestants, Darius Dinesh, uh, we felt this was quite an appropriate time uh, to look back on the legacy of one of the UK's most famous and important shows. And joining me to talk through it, uh, we've got a very, very special guest. Uh, joining us from the fabulous 90s and noughties UK podcast, it is Jamie Dyer. Evening, Jamie. Thank you for joining us here on Quite the Music. No, thank you for inviting me. It's uh, an interesting topic and I look forward to getting more into it. Um, before we get into it, Jimmy, uh, do you want to, to use this time really just to kind of introduce your platform and kind of what, what your podcast is all about and where people can find you? Yeah, cool. Um, so I am the host of 90s and Noughties UK. Uh, we cover pop culture from the 90s and 2000s uh, with a specific focus on UK pop culture. So, you know, things like Broom Cupboard, uh, reality TV from this country, game shows, um, a lot of children's TV, I will admit. Uh, we have guests, I have discussions. Uh, sometimes we play celebrity birthdays. Uh, it's available on all your favourite podcast providers. Perfect. Um, and very much recommend kind of checking that out. It's got a, a massive back catalogue and I'm delighted that Jamie's kind of managed to, to join us on this one. Um, right, let's talk Pop Idol. So I know this is very much within my wheel set in terms of kind of pop music and a lot of the people that have came off the show um, people will, will not be surprised to know that I'm a massive fan of um, I will cover Will Young in quite a bit of depth um, very, very shortly. But we can't really talk about Pop Idol without giving a little bit of a nod to Pop Stars, which obviously was the, the prequel uh, to this and obviously brought us the fabulous hearsay, um, who very much looking forward to, to seeing Kim Marsh on the upcoming uh, episode of series of Strictly Come Dancing this year as well. Now, Pop Idol had became a massive juggernaut and w w was a massive success story for, for ITV uh, from 2001 through to 2003. But Pop Stars was a very different show, Jamie, in terms of A, how it was put together. And I think Pop Idol took a lot of the kind of good bits from Pop Stars in terms of the, the additions that people really like to see and then added the kind of live element to it as well, which made it such a big hit. 
Definitely. Yeah. When you look back at pop stars now, it seems very bare bones, but it's very important to realize that this is basically one of the first big reality singing competitions. Yeah, there had been opportunity knocks and new faces and things like that back in the day, but this was um, humongous. And of course, they were assembling a band in pop stars, whereas in Pop Idol, it was a, a single artist. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we're going to talk about the final, but at that time, it was the, the highest ever kind of one night vote for a UK TV show. Uh, and that just became such a big thing. And obviously we moved on to X Factor and the, the kind of big business of uh, the telephone voting system that pretty much every TV show since uh, managed to, to kind of take advantage of. Um, can't really talk about Pop Idol without talking about the people behind it. Um, so some of the biggest names in UK music at the time, uh, obviously Pete Waterman being involved, Simon Cowell being involved, Nicky Chapman being involved, and Dr Fox, uh, Neil Fox, um, who, who was probably at that time one of the biggest uh, radio personalities in the UK at the time. And I think that which made it kind of stand up from pop stars who didn't necessarily have quite such a big name in terms of the kind of recognisable faces you had to that, and Deck as presenters, um, who were at this stage just starting to really become the, the the kind of TV superstars that we all know them to be now, and you've then got a, a very very successful format. Yeah, um, I mean they they'd already done SMTV by that point, and it would only be a couple of years before Anton Deck would venture into um the the things we now know them for really in that saturday night lineup uh things like saturday night takeaway but this was really the the start of their their kind of foray into more adult television yeah absolutely and you then got that piece where you it's a very familiar format now in terms of showing the additions to then going down to the kind of boot camp type scenario. Uh, and then you've got your, your kind of live finals where you've got your your kind of your finalists who are getting an opportunity then to either sing material to backing tracks, live band. And I think what, what really set Pop Idol apart from what we then kind of came into Text Factor was the, the kind of themed weeks. And I think that I remember buying the the Pop Idol Big Band album uh, back in the day, um, and that was a very very successful format, which then X Factor stole for 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 Big Band Week, and never really quite replicated the the success of what what Pop Idol had with that theme. No, I I know that there were a lot of similarities between Pop Idol and X Factor, and the two Simons that were involved in the creation of each of those shows, you know. Uh, had a little bit of beef mm. about the, the similarity <laughs> of the format. Just a touch, uh, Jamie, there referencing Simon Fuller, uh, who many of you may well know as being the, the main kind of mogul behind the, the Spice Girls from the, the kind of mid 90s. Uh, but he very much uh, kind of t- took a bit of umbrage because he, he was very much involved in the Pop Idol format uh, was very involved in selling that all around the world and making an awful lot of money on it as, as it became American Idol and uh, going going through to, to various other uh, franchises. Um, and then obviously Simon Cowell with X Factor. And there are 
a lot of similarities and we'll, we'll come on to that a little bit as well. I think before we go into the, the individual characters and the, the kind of singers that came off at the back of Pop Idol, Jamie, I want to just kind of reference uh, Kate Thornton's role um, on Pop Idol Extra, which was something that ITV2, who really just started um, at this time, the, the, the whole kind of second show spin-off, which really then grew into X Factor Extra and I'm a Celebrity that had their own spin-off shows as well. And that really allowed the TV audience to get to know the people on the show that little bit more than just what the hour-long show would give you the opportunity to, to really get to know the individuals. Yeah, see, I, I didn't see much of the extra show. I remembered that Kate Thornton was part of it somehow, but obviously she also then became presenter of The X Factor. Mm. And that's where the confusion lies with me. But I remember at the end of, of series two, that's really my only memory of it, was that they put the number up on the screen to uh, to ask people to apply for the next series. And I remember Kate quite clearly going, they are going to do another one. And of course, it never materialised. No, um, uh, we'll come on to series two of Pop Idol shortly, I think, uh, and maybe try and talk about why series two really flopped in comparison to, to series one. Uh, but let's really go into to the, the, the individuals and obviously the, the main three uh, from from Pop Idol that went on to have really, really big careers. Obviously, Will Young being the, the winner of uh, the competition. Gareth Gates, who I think everyone at the time felt ITV were really backing and pushing to, to try and win the competition. And, and Will almost kind of came as the kind of outsider. And I suppose a 20-year career afterwards has, has proven the voting public right on that front. And then Darius, who we knew from pop stars, and that infamous uh, Baby One More Time audition, which really uh, was TV gold at the time and obviously was the, the downfall of him in that particular programme and not getting picked for, for hearsay. I think in hindsight, it probably wasn't going to be a great fit for him anyway, being, in, being a band. And on Pop Idol, he really benefited from Rick Waller who some of you may remember as uh, being a, a kind of larger-than-life character um, who, who dropped out after episode one of the live shows and then Darius came in uh, to, to take his place and really started to show a very different side of him than what we'd previously seen. And that whole redemption story, I think, was really important to him, really, to, to kind of show him off as a a kind of serious artist at the time with, with obviously a lot more talent than, than really pop stars allowed them to show. Well, in the early days of, of reality television with, with pop stars, when he did that baby one more time, the, the press and everything was brutal. There were people doing satire and, you know, parodies of it. And it must have really weighed down on him. So for him to come back from that and go on to to pop idol and yeah it, it was sad but rick waller uh ended up having a couple of singles that hit quite big anyway both of them co cover versions but very good and so for darius to come through that and end up coming third place behind arguably two of reality television's best contestants and the thing about will young was i, I remember that first audition he was quite uh he wasn't as well dressed as perhaps he could have no. been 
And so we almost had the Susan Boyle moment before Susan Boyle, where suddenly, you know, we're taught that if somebody is a certain way, then perhaps it's not going to be great. But then he comes out with this voice. And I, I think it's the, the first audition was Night Fever. That might uh, be wrong. Blame it in the boogie, I think it was. Yeah, and something like that. Yeah, it's something very unwell young like, and as someone that's seen Will maybe six or seven times in concert now, uh, is a, it's something that he refers a lot to, and he, he shows now that it was very unbecoming of him because he did a bit of a kind of dodgy dance routine through it as well. And <laughs> I think he was very close to, to not getting through. And uh, Pete Waterman really didn't take to him, and I think it, it was uh, Neil Fox and Nicky Chapman that kind of really kind of swung the vote for him to to get through that initial audition because it, it was touch and go, and Pete really didn't take to him, and I think Pete very early doors and like, hands up uh, and people that listen to me every month know uh, huge big steps fans so Pete Waterman can, can do no, no wrong for me but he was very much pushing Gareth pretty much all the way um, on this one and it, it really took to towards the end of the series before he kind of really started to kind of get behind Will as a, a potential candidate for it. And yet at the time I, I know recently um, because of the thing that the, the, the news that's come out about Darius uh, Pete Waterman has gone on record as saying that when Darius went to audition, um, the other judges knew of him from pop stars and they weren't, you know, weren't very favorable, let's say. And of course, Pete hadn't actually seen it. Um, so he was able to come at it with a, with a clear thing. I think in some ways, uh, to, to go on to Gareth Gates for a moment, Gareth coming second is probably the best thing that could have happened to his career. Um, because he went on to have some really big records in, mm. in soundtracks uh, for charity. And, you know, he was able to rise above that, as did Darius. You know, he's not just a contestant from a reality TV show. Yeah, and I think probably as well, Will has managed to beat that trend of winners of these types of shows going on to have a successful career, because certainly X Factor hasn't always produced a, a, a long career for winners and the, the runners-up and people that haven't quite won from series, talking people at Ollie Mars, One Direction, who didn't win their respective series, have gone on to, to be massive stars all around the world. Um, so Will bucked that trend a little bit and 20-year <laughs> career has been very, very successful off, off the back of it. Um, we need to talk about, obviously, Darius and the fact that his redemption story and also very, very sad what happened to, to him very, very recently. Um, I met Darius, this has gone back now, maybe maybe two years after Pop Idol had finished and he was opening a nightclub in Glasgow um, called Jumping Jacks, which I believe are maybe a few others uh, in the UK or, or certainly was at this time. Uh, and he was the, the kind of guest uh, star that, that was opening this nightclub in Glasgow. Um, I had a ridiculous shirt on in the evening and Darius was up on stage doing his live PA, uh, did colourblind and then sprayed a bottle of champagne across the crowd who were in the front row. Absolutely ruined my shirt. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's a, a bit of kind of claim to fame um, from my uh, dealings with, with Darius. And he obviously went on from that two very, very successful albums and a very successful career in the West End. 
um, playing Billy Flynn in Chicago, being Rip Butler in Gone with the Wind, being in Guys and Dolls. So very, very successful, even outside of the charts. But that first album of his was a very, very credible pop record and went on to, to do big things for him. Oh, it definitely did. And the amazing thing is Simon Cowell actually offered him uh, a contract and he said no. Yeah. Um, which was probably, you know, the best thing that he could have done in that moment because he's already got that momentum from being on Pop Idol and he already had a couple of songs under his belt, including uh, Colorblind, which I hear that Simon wasn't very keen on when he heard it prior to all of these things taking place. And you're right, I had that album. Uh, the album itself was very credible. There were some great pop songs on it. He managed to mix kind of the the mainstream and yet the indie at the same time. Uh, Rush is incredible. Even the title track, Dive In, um, all of it. But the thing is, uh, he couldn't have done that if he'd said yes to Simon Cowell. Mm. And he must be one of the very few that have said no. Yeah and went on to, to do very, very well. He also managed to do a world tour supporting Shakira, which is no mean feat, and went on, obviously, his second album, uh, Live Twice, which was, was named after his, his dad, who diagnosed cancer uh, back in, in 2015, and went on to, to be a, a very, very kind of poignant uh, song for, for Daddy. So you may also remember uh, that he returned to reality TV in 2010, um, winning ITV's pop star to opera star, uh, where he performed alongside some other kind of relatively kind of big names at the time singing opera. And because of winning that show, he, he went on to, to be mentored by Rolando Villathon and then assumed a lead role in Carmen, which again, He's really showed off his talent to be something just a little bit more than just your your bog standard TV pop star. Yeah, he he was incredibly versatile, as you've already mentioned, um, in in the pop music world, uh, in on the stage, and obviously pop star to opera star. Um, I mean, were his fans watching that show? Were you watching pop star to opera star at that time? I watched it. Um, I probably didn't watch it just because Darius was on, but it tended to be, uh, I think it was a Friday night it was on, and it was January and February when there was not much else happening <laughs> at the time. So um, I remember do, I did watch it, and uh, I thought he, he was very, very good on it. Um, you also had people on there like kind of Meatloaf, who was a judge on the show and always been a, a big fan of, of Meatloaf. You had Kim Marsh from Hearsay, who we mentioned a little bit earlier. You had Danny Jones McFly on there. Um, so you had some relatively kind of big names who had done very, very well in the kind of music world. Uh, one of the Saturdays was on there as well. So it uh, had some some kind of decent names. And obviously you had Mylene on there as well, who had that kind of opera background or classical music background anyway and having been to see hearsay a few times it was very very good the actual second series of pop star to opera star was one that i very much enjoyed because 
had Claire Richards on there from Steps and Andy Bell from Erasure, who probably my two all-time favourite bands. So that that very much caught my attention, maybe slightly more than, than, than the first series. Um, that second series ended up being won by Joe McEldry, who won X Factor as well. So lots of kind of comparisons and uh, kind of ways that kind of these shows have kind of interlinked throughout the years. Yeah, th these are people, though, that kind of buck the trend, as you say, for simply just being able to do one thing. Um, the, the fact that they're, they're versatile, you know, multi-talented is a testament that sometimes we have the wrong opinion, I think, of people who enter these, these competitions. Yeah, that first series of Pop Idol as well um, got us a successful Eurovision entry with Jessica Garlic, um, who I think performed, finished about sixth or seventh in Pop Idol, but she went on to uh, represent Britain at the 2002 Eurovision Song Contest. Um, uh, and considering that we have been relatively starved in that competition relatively recently um, until Sam Ryder's brilliant performance last year uh, but Jessica Garlic that comeback song was very very good and um, finished third um, in that competition which was very good for, for the UK and something that uh, was kind of again bucking that trend of someone went on to, to do well out of the back of, of the show yeah uh, that was a great result and Certainly one I think people have been hoping for until um, Sam in the previous one. Uh, there were so many people that kind of had a springboard from that first series. I mean, you mentioned, we've already mentioned Will Young, Gareth Gates, Darius, uh, Jessica Garlic, Rick Waller. Uh, you've also got uh, Rosie Ribbons, Hayley Everts, uh, Zoe Burkett as well. Um, the one memory from Pop Idol that always seems to stick out is Zoe Burkett uh, doing a version of Get Happy. Yes. That's the one thing that, that really sticks out, and I'm not sure why. I think it was just such a powerful performance and, mm. you know, just memorable, I guess. Well, it was on that big band album, which I spoke about a little bit earlier. And I remember after Pop Idol had finished, they did a... a arena tour across the UK um, and I went to see it in Glasgow at the SCCC and at that you had pretty much half the, the concert was the kind of big band album which was basically performed live and on that big band album Zoe Burkett had three tracks on there so you mentioned Get Happy on there but also she did a version of Cole Porter's I've Got You Under My Skin which was very very good and she also did a duet with Gareth on Oh Look At Me Now. So she was really well pushed off the back of that from that album, which was very, very good. And it did pretty well, considering it came off the back of Robbie Williams' kind of Swing When You're Winning album, which was something that you didn't really see at that time, where you had new pop stars that went out and sang non-pop songs no i think it was a, an unusual thing and usually if they did it was it was molded in some way it wasn't sung in its original arrangement yeah absolutely uh, you also had like so mac the knife which gareth gates did and darius's song on that album was 
uh, Let There Be Love, uh, Will Young's was Beyond the Sea, the, the old um, kind of Charles Trenet song, which is a, a very, very kind of popular song and was number one on that album. So, yeah, it's just uh, kind of transcended what was television at the time. And obviously Will, who's gone on to sell multiple records to two Brit Awards across his career as well, um, 20-year career and selling hundreds of kind of millions of, of kind of records across the world. And I think for, for Will to, you kind of see from his reaction to the, the news of Darius's death, obviously given what he's gone through in his whole personal life as well, uh, it must be very, very personal for him to see someone who shared his beginning of his career um, to, to see no longer here. Yeah, I, I think so. Absolutely. Okay, so we talk a little bit about Pop Idol and, and its impact. Um, we can't really talk about Pop Idol without then referencing American Idol and the, the juggernaut that that became. We spoke a little bit earlier about how obviously it was sold uh, into America by Simon Fuller. Now, if I was to ask you, Jamie, about how many billboard number ones people from American Idol have had, do you want to spawn a guess at what that would be? So I would say somewhere in the region of maybe 10, 15. So there have been 345 American billboard chart toppers that have came off the back of American Idol. Whoa, really? Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> which, Goodness, I really um, undershot that. <laughs> which is incredible. And you've obviously got people off the back of that that have gone on to have massive, massive careers, likes of Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood, Jennifer Hudson, Adam Lambert, just four right off the back that have been absolutely huge have been launched by that show. Uh, so many others <laughs> you can speak of that have maybe not quite had quite so long <laughs> careers but maybe had one or two kind of tracks that came off the back of it but certainly those four are worldwide superstars now that got that platform oh my goodness yeah and it has a you know a ripple effect across the world and i, I think that's that's unusual you know we, we've been talking about um pop idol contestants a lot of them mainly their success is within the uk hmm not outside yeah but you look at kelly Clarkson, for example 45 million singles worldwide uh 25 million albums um so uh that's not bad from someone that wins a tv talent show uh, and granted obviously the platform that winning a show in america can have and we speak about adam lambert obviously going on tour with queen uh, that doesn't happen if he doesn't perform a queen song on american idol oh is that what he did i always mm. wondered how that that came about yeah, Amazing so voice. yeah, the the, yeah. the the life final of the American Idol. He didn't actually win. He came second on his series, uh, but he uh, performed alongside Queen um, on the final, and therefore the rest of the say is history. And <laughs> has gone on to to do uh, multiple tours with Queen, and yeah, they, he's a, an absolute superstar now. Um, right, if we go over to back over to Pop Idol, because that's where we we started talking o o on this one. Um, Massive memory of the show. Obviously, you mentioned Haley. Uh, oh, sorry, Joy Burkett. There, doing get happy. 
Give me one other memory you've got from Pop Idol Series 1 before we move on to, to Series 2. From Series 1. I mean, there there were so many, weren't there? But really, it's it's that it, it was the announcement of the winner. Hmm. That's the one thing. I, I remember logging on to the internet and trying to vote. I can't remember who I was voting for. I was voting for somebody. And I remember that just that moment really i think a lot of the other things i think because we've seen so many reality singing shows since they all kind of mold into one don't they and and that's before you um consider the fact it was 20 years ago yeah no 100 percent uh but no for, for me it's that final where you've got both will and gareth both performing evergreen um, and obviously that being originally a Westlife song that was on Westlife's first album. And you very much got the impression, right, we're setting this up for Gareth to win because they've given them exactly the same song. They both sang it and it had exactly the same arrangement, <laughs> which uh, was kind of meant, but obviously it goes on to, to be Will's first uh, UK number one. And uh, as I say, the rest is history and still performs it to this day. Uh, series two of Pop Idol obviously had... A lot to live up to because the, the, the first series had been so successful and kind of wildly respected and a, a big, big win for, for ITV. Um, second series really, really struggled. I think it didn't quite have the same number of characters on it, I, I think. And obviously the viewing figures for the final were much, much lower. The winner, as much as... Uh, she has had done a decent career um, since then, but certainly not as a, a massive recording artist. Uh, and really the only kind of main people that you could say have really benefited out of being on Pop Idol would be Sam and Mark, who have been mainstays of Kids TV, which you mentioned earlier, Jimmy, as being, they've done very well in that field for the last kind of 20 odd years since Series 2 of Pop Idol started. Yeah, um, I have very little memory of series two i i don't think we watched it to be honest we may have watched the final but other than that it it didn't have the excitement the build-up of of the original series and of course as you say those wonderful characters and the the thing that we start to see as the x factor comes in is the implement um the implementation of the story and of course with gareth we had his stammer with will he was this guy rising up with darius he was somebody who had come from somewhere else and now he was trying to reinvent himself i don't really remember there being any stories like that that really grabbed the audience in series two no um one story i will do is, is obviously being a big steps fan um andy scott lee who's lisa's brother um was eliminated about halfway through series two and i was fuming <laughs> because uh, i really rated andy uh, he went on to have uh, a kind of relatively decent hit with his other brothers 3sl who brought out take it easy kind of in the, the, the yeah. early early 2000s which was a, a relatively decent hit for them but he is what i call and went into the early series of x factor the andy scott lee effect of being very very popular 
people hadn't picked up the phone to vote for him and then he left the competition maybe slightly earlier than maybe he should have done. Um, and I still refer back to that to this day and get told to get over it, really. But um, that is probably me coming from a, a little bit of a, a kind of steps bias. But obviously Michelle McManus winning uh, as someone from Glasgow and she's still very well seen in here and in, in, in the, the circuit over here uh, in Glasgow has had... Um, a relatively decent kind of TV career and uh, now on radio, uh, but hasn't really had the kind of commercial return that, say, even a, a Gareth Gates or a Darius has had that didn't win the show that have had those songs. She did release um, that kind of debut single um, all this time, which was a number one single, um, but really after that, apart from maybe a cover of On The Radio, I'm kind of struggling to think of what else that she, she released. Do you think that the um, the Peter Kay singing show parody kind of took the wind out of her sails a little bit? See, if I'm honest, I think the wind was already out of her sails before that. And I think that the Peter Kay parody wasn't more so much about her, but more about the whole fame aspect um I, I don't necessarily see it as just being uh a pastiche on her per se um i think it was more about the, the whole process rather than than just michelle i think her started kind of already faded by that point yeah yeah i i think so i remember seeing her on was it you are what you eat i think she appeared on that once um that's that's about all i remember apart from the two records that you mentioned yeah, but as I say, she's still very kind of well seen um, over here in Scotland and has got a platform on Clyde One, which is obviously the local station here. Um, you see her on things like Children in Need and she's got on to, to have a, a decent career. Uh, and I think she, she's still very mindful of the fact that she, she had that platform and maybe wouldn't have got even what she's got <laughs> to this day without being on Pop Idol. Uh, but very much the fact that that wasn't as successful um, and the fact that Simon Cowell was waiting in the wings to to launch X Factor, we never got that third series of Pop Idol as you, you kind of alluded to earlier, Jimmy. Yeah, and what Simon Cowell did was he basically combined pop stars and Pop Idol together. And of course, one thing we should mention is um, in between the two series of Pop Idol, there was another Pop Stars series, Pop Stars The Rivals, which of course gave us One True Voice and Girls Aloud as well. Yeah, so Pop Stars The Rivals, it was a show I very much enjoyed uh, back at the time, Jamie. Um, obviously Girls Aloud came off the back of it, very, very successful career. Uh, spawned obviously Cheryl having a, a successful solo career as well, had its own tinge of tragedy obviously with Sarah Harding passing but I'm not ashamed to admit it I bought one true voice single I thought it was a cracker and I, me I, too and to yeah. this day I still don't like Sound of an Underground as a song <laughs> I, I really like Girls Aloud in the end but Sound of Underground I hated and I still don't enjoy it as a pop record but See, I love I love Sacred Trust I thought that was hmm. such a good record so funky but I yeah. guess when you look at if you look at what the the music was, I think they were maybe about five years out of date by that point. No, hundred percent. And I think probably at that time, Pete Waterman was about five years out of date as well. 
and <laughs> um, sad, sad as it was, because he, after Steps, then tried to replicate Steps with other pop bands as well, a band called Pop um, itself, and same difference, it came off the back of X Factor, and none of it really had any real success commercially um, as enjoyable as I personally found them. Um, but yeah, um, I think that the one problem I had with Pop Stars Arrivals was you were automatically setting a band up to fail straight away. And I think with the likes of X Factor and Pop Idol, even people that didn't win still had a chance to have a career. Whereas those boys really, that was them finished straight away because there was no really coming back from not winning that because the whole point of it was one will win, one will lose. And it's really, really difficult to come back from that. Which is really unfortunate. And of course, we, we can't um, mention that show uh, without talking about the, the Cheeky Girls, which I think came from that show as well. Um, some of these shows have, have some really interesting kind of offshoots. Mm. And that was a very unexpected one. I, I'm still unsure about why two sisters decided that you know they could both get through i think sometimes they booked these these uh auditions knowing it was just good television oh 100 and by that point they knew the format they knew what worked and even to this day you still get it from the likes of britain's got talent where half of the shows on people that you'll never see again but it's because they want that water cooler effect and of or now social media of going, oh, did you see that person? Did you see that input? And uh, it very much is manufactured. And I think this was the very early iterations of that. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so going back to, to, to Pop Idol, and obviously we understand the reasons why Series 2 maybe didn't quite land quite as well as, as the first series. Apart from, from Will... And obviously Gareth has had a successful career in his own right and still is, is, is very busy and, uh, and doing lots of work. And obviously very, very recently, the, the news with, with Darius, which was tragic. But do you think there's a, an opportunity for ITV, given the fact that X Factor now is no more, that maybe that format could get rehashed or brought back again? Or is, is the time away for it? Well, I, I think X Factor has just been picked up by Channel 5, which is a really odd thing. Um, I think we're almost at a point now where the audience that would watch that show, Pop Idol, are the ones who will only know the American Idol spin-off and not the original um, British uh, interpretation of it. Uh, as to whether it would work, now, I, th I think the whole singing show ship has sailed um obviously with the voice hopping channels once or twice and the x factor going on for far too long i think they they could do pop idol again but only if they went back to basics and i realize they say this every time they they talk about bringing a singing show back oh we're gonna go back to basics now i re i mean really back to basics but then is that really possible now because if you went back to how it was done originally, would it not just look just a tiny little bit old hat? Yeah, it look, look maybe a bit basic. But I think for, for now, because you've got the likes of Twitter and you've got TikTok and you've got Facebook and all of these things, I think you've got real chance. 
for me, and I've spoken about this before on this show with people of guests I've had on, Brooke last month, uh, who, who was on The Voice. The big problem I always had with The Voice is it spends weeks upon weeks upon weeks of building the teams up, and then you get the people that they want, and then they throw them out, and three weeks later the show's finished. And it's got no opportunity to really build a star and give them a platform. And, and the, the biggest thing is, problem yeah, with the X Factor was that by the time X Factor got into it, it was almost then, once the show was finished, right, that series is finished now, let's focus on the next one, rather than actually building the stars that were there for the last three months that could go on and, and have a career. And the thing is, I, I don't think those shows are overly needed because you've already said we've got things like YouTube, uh, TikTok, you know, even just social media. I mean, about 10 years ago, I auditioned for Britain's Got Talent. And, uh, you know, there were hundreds of people, maybe even thousands. And there must be at least one person there who has got more success from doing something on YouTube or TikTok or social media than they ever would have got from um, from a, a show like that. And I need to ask you what you auditioned and what was your party piece on it? I need to know that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I thought myself as something of a singer at the time and i i remember it wasn't it wasn't uh, an in show because what they tend to do is they have like these open auditions where you just turn up you might have applied online beforehand you're not in front of any judges and i think at the time i i was so nervous they said to me just stand on the star and i'd been waiting for hours by this point with my acoustic guitar waiting to sing i was probably sat in the wrong place so they forgot all about me and they said stand on the star and i stood on the star and i'd almost forgotten completely what happens in britain's got talent and i just went i need my guitar now and so they got a they got a chair for me and i don't even think i said my name and i just sang a song that i'd written at the time uh, which in hindsight I've seen people go and apply for those shows and audition two or three times and they get told that they get better, but it doesn't have the wow factor, I guess. Mm. Um, I know people who've had YouTube hits, you know, they've done parody songs on YouTube and then suddenly Britain's Got Talent is a calling. Um, so in some ways it didn't work out for me. Uh, unfortunately. And the thing is, it's it's like that with thousands of people. And I think that's an important thing to to stress at this. For every uh, Will Young and Gareth Gates, there are tens of thousands of others. Yes, absolutely. Um, but it makes pretty good telly. And I think that's part of the reason <laughs> why uh, Pop Idol Series 1 is so fondly remembered, because it was a bloody good TV show and it made proper stars off the back of it and for that it pretty much did what it said on the tin in terms of making a pop idol for the uk um i hope you've enjoyed listening to this special episode of quite the music if you want to check out more of jamie's podcast jamie what's coming up next on the 90s and noughties for you Oh, do you know what? It's It's been a little bit of a drought, something of a heat wave. It's been very um, hot in that there's not been very much going on. Uh, but I am hoping to bring it back very soon because I had a little hiatus and the odd person drop in now and again. Please do come on, by the way. And, uh, you know, we can have a discussion about music. Uh, so 
I'm trying to bring back some of the the things because the way the podcast works is it's split into segments. So I have like an intro segment where I talk about things and then uh, there's like a main feature and then celebrity birthdays where I, I play a game of guess the the celebrity who's celebrating a birthday this week uh with um with a guest which has been great fun uh my favorite so far look for the man with the clipboard um that is my favorite one of all time uh that well that i've done so far that's what's coming up really nothing much it, it just all depends what's happening out there in the world i've heard that there's a 20 years of pop idol special perhaps in the works hmm. so what i might do is a variation on this but talk about myself and my occasional co-host Haley talk a lot about um popular music especially in that period so yeah that that's what's coming up uh, a lot of rambly <laughs> rambly stuff about the 90s and 2000s listen that's very much my my forte so i'd be delighted to to come on it's been a pleasure having you on uh to, to this episode of quite the music i will be back uh this time next month uh, with a very special interview with the legendary steve steinman uh, which i'm very excited about bringing over to you um looking forward to that one and a few other interviews in the mix as well before the end of the year but i hope you've enjoyed this one yeah i've been gary morris this has been quite the music Goodbye. Quite the Thing Media production of Quite the Music, distributed as part of Quite the Music Collab.